Goodbye to the Yellow Studio, version 2.0. It's Leaning Toward Wisdom, the podcast. Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio. Got my post-COVID voice on. I'm looking for a quartet that let me sing bass. I can sing bass anyway, but even more so now. Hey, the first real studio tour that I did inside the Yellow Studio was more than a decade in. That was in 2015. At that point, I had been laying down audio tracks online for years. Very first audio that I put online was in 1997. And then when you guys helped me get the new, well, it was new at the time, Rode, Rodecaster Pro, that was in 2019. And I did a new tour. I'll put a link in the show notes. You can go click that. You can see pictures inside the yellow studio. You can listen to that one. I won't rehash history here because. Well, you can go back and you can dive in as deeply as you would like or not at all. Yeah, but today we're going to begin our goodbye to the Yellow Studio version 2.0. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. I hope you'll go visit this is the first time that you've clicked play. Well, I'm I'm happy that you did. Hope you'll go back and peruse the catalog, as they say. See if you find anything that you like. The broadcast workflow has always been how I have rolled. That is, I prepare in advance. And then when I'm ready, I hit record. And mostly, I'm done. At that point, Mostly I'm finished. My editing is mostly pre-recording editing. That is, I'm editing the idea in show notes, in bullet point list, in my head. Most of these episodes, I think I've told you this before. I probably have at any given point six episodes that I'm kind of mulling over once in a blue moon. I just kind of get the urge. Something can hit me suddenly and I'll hit record and go, but that's more the exception than the rule. It's called a work, uh, a broadcast workflow because that's how live broadcasts work, right? I mean, you go on the air, you say whatever you say, and it's out there. It's done. It's, there are no do-overs. There is no, okay, we'll take that out. No, it's out there in the universe, and it's, it's done. Foibles and all. That's my workflow. That has always been the workflow here. That workflow was the genesis of the Yellow Studio version 1.0. And at the time, it consisted of a sizable rack of gear because... Well, you had to do it with hardware. 
if you're going to go back and edit, you can do a lot of stuff with software, but if you're going to do it live, I wasn't really live, but I behaved as though it was live. Well, then you're going to have to do it with hardware. And I loved the rack of gear. I wasn't cheap. I mean, we're going back about 20 years ago. Um, my sound was consistently great. Well, I mean, great. It didn't matter if I was on a Skype call. It didn't matter if I was recording an audio or a video. I mean, it was great. Well, I didn't, I didn't say the content was great. I didn't say my talent was great. I said the sound, the sound was always great because all of the sound was produced in real time through the hardware that I had. So it didn't matter if I got on a Skype call. This was long before zoom came on the, on the planet. I sounded on a Skype call exactly the way the recordings sounded. The software, even then, software was a much cheaper way to go. But the problem with that for me as a podcaster is you had to incorporate a recording workflow, not a broadcast workflow. That meant you would record and then you would have to do something with that file. You would have to process that file. You'd have to run that file through a gauntlet of software things and you'd have to fool with everything after the fact i did not want to do that so i didn't i've never done that in 2019 a company from down under road r-o-d-e they came out with a little contraption called the roadcaster pro this was a little mixer now i had a broadcast mixer and i had this rack of gear but man, when Rode came out with the Rodecaster Pro, that ushered in the Yellow Studio version 2.0. I ditched the full rack of equipment. I replaced every bit of it with a single device, the Rodecaster Pro. I mean, I could go into all the hardware, but you can go back in the archives, and if you're a gearhead, you can find all that. This was a really big shift, and it was also a really big improvement in the signal chain and it wasn't just because the Rodecaster Pro was such a great device, but it's because all of the cabling changed. Everything was really straightforward. I was now able to run a cable directly from a microphone into the road. I mean, that was not how the Yellow Studio was wired before. Wire comes out of the microphone. A cable comes out of the microphone. It goes into this contraption. It goes out of that contraption into another contraption, out of that contraption into another contraption, out of that contraption into an interface, out of that into the computer. You know, I mean, gone was the spaghetti of wires inside the Yellow Studio once the Rodecaster Pro came around. And I should say here, you, you, the listeners of Leaning Toward Wisdom, were directly responsible, solely responsible for the Roadcaster Pro and for version 2.0 of the Yellow Studio. I launched a little project that I dubbed Craving Encouragement because in my coaching practice, it I don't know, this should have dawned on me a long time ago, but for whatever reason, around the time that the road came out, I was captivated by the fact that every single person that I encountered, it was very obvious to me. It was just kind of this blinding light thing. People were really craving encouragement. And I'm not talking about the cheerleader, rah, rah, sis, boom, bah kind of encouragement, just confidence 
somebody's confidence in them, that somebody believed in them. And so I thought, well, I'm going to push that agenda a little bit. And I'm really good at providing encouragement. I'm really bad at, at accepting it. Well, that, that sounds wrong. I don't know that I'm bad at accepting it. It's just, it just makes me uncomfortable. I, oh, listen, I crave it. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely crave it. So I came forward to you guys, to the crowd here and said, okay, project craving encouragement. I'm, I'm going to let you guys do it. The number one email that I've gotten through the years since the launch of leaning toward wisdom a long, long time ago. Now the number one email I get is do you monetize the podcast? How do you, you, how do you make any money? How do you even make enough money to offset what it costs you? And I politely reply back. This is not a labor of money. It is a labor of love. It is a legacy project. Um, no, you, you never hear me pitch anything. You never hear me sell anything. Cause I'm not selling anything. We're just having a conversation together. We're just trying to figure things out. We're just trying to lean more toward wisdom and lean further away from our own foolishness. That's, that's all. Well, now for the first time I came forward and I'm like, okay, here's how you can help. There's this little device. It's whatever it was, $700, $600. And man, you guys, you guys came through like champs. And I was, I was beyond encouraged and it was great and so i bought the roadcaster pro thanks to you you guys made contributions uh, i gave away some zoom calls uh, had some zoom interactions with a number of you who gave me some money and we were off to the races yellow studio 2.0 was birthed we went from 1.0 to 2.0, all because of you. Now, so you don't get the wrong idea here. The Yellow Studio is very, very soon going to go away. I am sitting here in the Yellow Studio today, and it does not look at all like the pictures. Well, the walls are still yellow, but most of the bookcases are gone. All of the CDs are gone. All of the Ballard street prints are off the wall. In fact, there's only one thing on the wall. Now that's a clock. Uh, the podcast equipment is obviously still here. Um, not much else. I mean, it's, it's pretty, it, it, it is, it is more sparse than it has been since it became the yellow studio version 2.0 is going to go away. And it's not going to go away because there now is a Roadcaster Pro 2, which I do hope to get very soon. But it's going away from 2.0 because I'm physically going to move. That's right. Moving physically. Lord willing, Rhonda and I are going to be finding some new digs where I will have to erect the Yellow Studio version 3.0. I'd love to give you some details, but I can't because I don't know them yet. <laughs> We're still in the throes of figuring that out. Lord willing, the yellow studio version 3.0 will include the new roadcaster pro two, but we'll see how that goes. 
Otherwise, I can tell you that I don't have any hardware changes planned for the Yellow Studio version 3.0. I can tell you that at some point I'm going to migrate away from my I want to say it's circa 2017, but I think I'm wrong. I think it's circa 2014 Apple iMac, a 27 inch. It's great, but it's getting long in the tooth. And quite frankly, given what I've got planned, I'm going to shift to greater mobility. So a laptop is going to be Lord willing in the future plans. But other than that, that and the roadcaster pro two, those are the hardware changes that I hope to facilitate in the yellow studio version 3.0. Um, the house, uh, being, um, we're getting that paperwork completed. Lord willing this weekend, we'll have some photographs taken and very soon, sooner than later, we'll get this bad boy on the market and we'll get this show on the road and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. You never know. You never know. I've got reasonable expectations. I don't have terribly high expectations, but I've got reasonable expectations and I'm optimistic. And so, Hey, we'll see some things that will be different in the yellow studio version 3.0. I would say no books, but yeah. Okay. Fewer books, like way fewer books. So few that they won't likely matter. I have taken to the local library. I donated. I donated virtually all my books. I I kept a few boxes of books in this purging that I've gone through that I've talked to you about, and you're probably sick of hearing about it. Uh, I probably have taken 1,000 to 1,500 books to the local library and just said, here you go. I mean, you should have seen their face. I show up the first day, and they push this little cart, this little book cart. And I said, Nim, have you got a dolly? I'm going to need a dolly. So I bring in a big stack of boxes and then I go get another big stack of box. I mean, I think I made three trips with the dolly and they're just looking at me. And I said, Oh, this, I'm not even a third of the way done. <laughs> they may have run out of room. I don't know, but they were very pleased to have them because they will either use them in their library or they will put them in a fundraising cell that they have periodically. So that's great. and Wonderful. The yellow studio versions 1.0 and 2.0 had a total of eight bookcases, full bookcases. So that will not be the case for version 3.0 knickknacks ton of knickknacks all oh, the grandkids love the knickknacks now listen the knickknacks are not going anywhere the knickknacks are probably going to be a little bit better organized but the knickknacks are going to remain i mean come on you got to have your priorities straight right i mean the books yeah they're gone they're out of here knickknacks oh man we got to keep these things about four of those bookcases are filled with religious or church books Bible commentaries, other books like that, that I've spent my whole life collecting since I was a young guy. Uh, I've got four floor to ceiling, big bookcases. Uh, these were going to be bequeathed to my son uh, upon my death. And I said, Hey, how about now? How about now? Don't make me wait until I die. I've spent my life collecting this library, reading, studying this library. And 
in my now not so famous document when i die you've heard me talk about that before you know so i've always had it written down that i I want my son to get this entire library i've only had one one request and that's just you know keep it available for the rest of the immediate family and uh in my efforts to purge well i was going to say to purge about 80 percent of my personal possessions it turns out i think i'm way closer to 90 percent, and i probably am over 90 percent. so i'm really proud of that so yeah i asked my son hey would you take those right now i've just got two requests just make sure that the family including the grandkids have access to them and and secondly that includes me you know <laughs> If I want to borrow something or come check something out. And, of course, he agreed. And so he's going to be getting all of those. Well, there's three to four bookcases full of those. Those are still here in the yellow studio. I've not boxed those up because, well, the pictures would look ridiculous without books in a bookshelf. So Uh, The rest of the library, though, consisted of the secular books, uh, mostly business books, some biography books. I plan to keep, I don't know. I'm guessing here. There might be three shelves, four shelves full of those books. I've already donated all the rest. I've got one, two, three, four. I've got four folding bookcases these are wooden bookcases i like these have you seen these things if you haven't seen these things or if you don't use these things i would highly 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 recommend them now i've got three that are about the same height these are all about i don't know five feet four and a half feet tall one is about three and a half feet tall so one's a shorter one but the other three are are a little taller i don't know how many shelves i've got because i've already packed them away uh but they collapse you know, the shelves fold up and then the ends fold in and they're relatively flat. Well, I like them so much. I'm keeping those because they're just, you know, they're, they're bookshelves, but these might be good places to organize the knickknacks. And then I've got a library cart. You've probably not seen one of those in a home. This thing is, it looks brand new. I've had it for years and years and years. It's, it's on wheels nice big industrial wheels it's one of those you know metal and boy will it hold a lot of books i'm keeping that just i don't know why it's it's so portable and it's great and i'm not going to have enough books to put in all that and i don't plan on buying enough books to fill that so i plan on maintaining this more modest lifestyle my life um My life hasn't had this few books since I was a kid. That's the truth. I have not had this few number of books since I was a young teenager. And you know what? I don't mind. It's liberating. In fact, it's more than liberating. It's exhilarating. You know, I work through the emotions and the depression about it because all of that happened before I started purging once i started purging all that went away really quickly uh no cd rack big cd collection i mean more than three thousand cds okay the cds aren't going away here's what's gone all the jewel boxes those little plastic boxes 
Boy, did that save a bunch of space. I had, this is no joke. I, I thought this is unbelievable. How, how is it possible that I have this many bags? And I'm talking those big outdoor, heavy-duty kind of leaf kind of bags. There were six, maybe seven of those that went out to the trash when I got done. It was unbelievable. I'm like, the trash guys are going to think, what? In the world? And they were, man, they were heavy. But 3,000 to, I don't know. It was between 3,000 and 3,500 CDs. It, was, it saved a bunch of space. So what I did is I kept the liner notes. So that little paperwork inserted in the CD. Uh, kept that, and I thought, well... What I'll do is I'll use those, you know, there's some big 400 capacity binders and I'll, I'll put them. Nah, I blew that off. Now I've ripped almost this entire collection onto hard drive on my Apple iTunes. So I've got it backed up on a hard drive. And then I've got the Apple iTunes backed up on yet another hard drive. Uh, I just am not going to part with these. So what I did is I, I, I got them carefully packed and I boxed them up in small boxes. And I, I don't know. I mean, these boxes are 15 by 15 by whatever. I don't, I mean, there's eight, eight of these boxes. They're heavy. So I'm keeping all the CDs, but I just plan on keeping them packed. Those are really the biggest changes to this new iteration of the yellow studio. I mean, it's going to be cleaner. It's going to be neater, going to be more pristine, might even be mobile a little bit. There are some things that are going to remain, uh, chief among them, Ballard street and Herman, my two lifetime favorite cartoon panels, Ballard street and Herman, uh, the Ballard street prints that I have. These are limited edition prints. I don't think you can even get them anymore. Um, they're going to remain along with the Ballard street and the Herman cartoons. And I've got books, uh, on both. I got two Don not signed photographs. One that my son bought me one that I don't know where it came from. Rhonda, somebody bought it. It's Don wearing his Barney Fife deputy uniform talent. That's going to remain the same. <laughs> Yeah, stop your laughing. Actually, I'm hoping to elevate that inside the Yellow Studio version 3.0. Time will tell. You never know. Who says old dogs can't learn new tricks? I'm an old dog, and I'm always learning new tricks. Uh, you're going to be able to tell if I can pull that off or not, elevating the talent. Uh, talent is the limitation here, and talent has always been the limitation. Hey, but let it never be said that I would let a small thing like a lack of talent keep me from trying it it hasn't yet so i'm not going to bore you with the details of all of the effort uh i probably have already bored you too much with some of the details but i can tell you that all kidding aside i am very 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 serious about improving one of my biggest frustrations is being tethered to people who lack the desire or the discipline to take growth seriously I heard somebody say the other day, and I, I had to go over to Canva. Do you use that tool? I love it. 
I had to go over to Canva and create for a podcast that I do over at growgreat.com. It's a city government leadership podcast. But I had to create a Canva graphic. And the graphic simply said, average people want to hear how good they are. Great people want to know how they can get better. And I created that because I had heard somebody use that comment as it pertained to athletic endeavors. And I made the remark to them, oh, it transcends athletics. I mean, that's true in everything. I find that true in all of my coaching endeavors. I, I just, I find it true in everyday life. It's just, I just find it true all the time. So I'm very, very serious about improving. And I don't mind a lack of talent because I've, well, I've lived with that my entire life. What I do mind is a lack of desire and effort and preparation and the belief, the honest belief that I can get better. I can get better at this. I can provide more value for you. Now I need your help. I need your feedback. I don't care. Be as critical as you want. Be as judgmental as you want. Show as much compassion as you want. Come on, please lean into compassion. <laughs> Age is making this worse. Um, it's making it worse on two fronts. It's making it worse because I probably have to work harder and harder as I get older because it's just the way life works. But I'm also getting better and better. And so my expectations are going higher and higher. And I also know, I'm smart enough to know at my age that the return can seem marginal. But the alternatives are depressing and they're unacceptable to me. And the alternatives are complacency or apathy or sameness or status quo. And I, none of those work for me. They just don't work for me. Purpose. Now, Simon Sinek, he, he gets all the credit for inventing the question why. Newsflash, Simon Sinek's a bright guy, but he did not invent the question. He's smart, he's clever, but humans have been wrestling with the question why ever since God expelled man from the Garden of Eden sometime after creation. Now, admittedly, that's the big picture of purpose that answers, hey, why am I here? Why are any of us here? According to Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 through 7, we were created for the glory of God. So if you want your purpose, if you choose to believe Scripture, and I do, there's your reason for being. But there are countless other purposes, you know, smaller ones all along the way. And for this conversation, the one that you and I are having right now, we are talking about the purpose of the podcasts that are produced inside the yellow studio. And my purpose is to create meaningful content that is valuable to you. If it's not, then I've missed the mark. I have freely admitted to you since day one that I didn't start this for you. I started it for my kids who were then teenagers and it, was just legacy and it was a bit of documentation but along the way this little band of people started following me and i started hearing from them and they started reaching out and i'm like okay that's a pleasant surprise i can answer purpose 
for the yellow studio with a single word, mostly a single word. And that word is legacy. Now tap the brakes because I don't mean some haughty endeavor where I think that I am so important and what I have to say is so valuable that the world should hang on my every word. You and I both know that's not true. And you both know that that's not how I roll. That's not what I believe. Instead, it is about passing it on. It's about sharing. It's about being open. It's about being vulnerable. It's about being honest. It's about expressing some shared humanity. It's about sharing experiences and insights and failures and successes and whatever stories of truth that can be shared so that other people can benefit. I'm always going to leave it up to you. You have to figure this out and you have to figure out how the content can benefit you. You have to figure out if it can benefit you. My aim is to give you something that helps you do that. And only you can determine if my aim is true. I can't tell you because I'm not sure what's going to become of yellow studio version 2.0. I just know that it's going to fall into the hands of new ownership. I suspect it may become what it once was many years ago another bedroom, an office space. I really don't know. And without being hateful, I can honestly say, I don't really care what happens because this room, this room that I have dubbed the yellow studio has been such a vital part of my experience in my life and is soon to be part of my past. And it belongs to me. And by extension, it belongs to you. It belongs to all of you. I have sat in this room and I have produced virtually every episode of every podcast I've ever done from this room. What began as a room with walls painted yellow. And for those of you that haven't heard the story, the reason yellow, you remember the show house, the TV show house house's boss was this attractive female doctor named Dr. Cuddy C U D D Y. Watching that ep- that show one day, an episode pops on, and a lot of the scenes were in Dr. Cuddy's office. Those walls were like mustard yellow, and I thought, I like those. That's I like that. I like that color. Rhonda and a friend of hers, friend of ours from church, came over, emptied this bedroom, which was once Rhonda's sewing room. She had outgrown it painted the walls this bright french mustard yellow and that's how the yellow studio was born the yellow studio has become for me a way of thinking a way of crafting stories a way of communicating the yellow studio is uniquely my invention but you are a huge huge part of it it began with version 1.0 and then as i said it became version 2.0 I mean, that's not many versions when you think about it. I mean, the yellow studio has been here for over 20 years. So I think it's time. I think it's time that me and the yellow studio go through another reinvention. I think it's time that we go through another metamorphosis. It's high time. I think it's high time for a change.
I've sat here inside the Yellow Studio for more hours than probably any other room in my life. Wee hours of the morning spent with headphones on, tunes playing, writing, jotting down ideas, intently listening to the lyrics of songs, just always looking for a spark, some point of ignition for the inspiration necessary to try to carry some ideas forward by sharing those with you and with any audience that I have of any podcast. To say goodbye is not going to be easy. I'm not going to make any bones about it. I'm horribly romantic and sentimental. But it's necessary. And it would be hard if the Yellow Studio were coming to an end. But it's not. Just the current version is ending. And so we're going to say goodbye at some point. Hopefully sooner than later. So that we can say hello to a new version that can be born. You know, and that might have been a better title for the show, saying goodbye to the Yellow Studio version 2.0 so we can say hello to the Yellow Studio version 3.0. But that show is going to have to wait for another day. Because I haven't created version 3.0 yet. But when I do, I will be sure to share. And you can expect to be mildly surprised. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. My name is Randy Cantrell. Greetings and welcome. Inside the Yellow Studio, version 2.0. How did you know I would have an epilogue here? Happy birthday to Kale. Kale is a man who has become like a second son to me. He turns 41 today, and he is quite the dad to the two oldest grandsons. They are the three amigos in every way, and I would be hard-pressed to be more proud of a young man than I am of Kale. I'm going to post a picture of he and the two boys, the two grandsons. FYI, he will be the one in the beard and the glasses. And the big boy in the picture. Well, the big boy in the picture on Monday. Lord willing, he will turn 15. So life is just boogieing on down the road. Thanks for listening.